0: In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage four prostate cancer and was given six to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in November of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Welcome, Mickey Weems. Hey, folks. Hey, how are you feeling emotionally?
1: Very peaceful,
0: oh, that's awesome. I love hearing that at any time in someone's life, regardless of what they're facing. do you want to ex- expound a, a little do you is is this recent I, you've never said that before
1: well, I think part of it is that um I just found out that another friend of mine committed suicide, but I had recently gone through the the death of my friend Mark Matheson, which wrecked me. Mm-hmm. So I am on pretty even keel on dealing with dealing with issues of dying right now. I mean, not my own, my own's fine, but other people's and that, that's what wrecks me. You know, I, I can handle it. I can handle my own death. I can't handle the death of others. But um, right now the, the death of my dear friend David Campbell is um, just before I came on the podcast was when I found out. So uh, I I was talking to one of my other friends. He was a lifeguard friend of mine. And so I was talking to one other one of the lifeguards who was pretty upset about it and helping her process and get through it as as much as I could in a short time of 10 minutes because I got to be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm at peace with this, um, which is a sign to me that um, I'm going to end up talking with David, I think pretty soon. And I may not be able to be conscious of it. Sometimes the things that happen to us in the spirit world are things that are not, uh, not accessible to your conscious mind. So something is happening inside of me to where there's this extreme feeling of peace. And I think what it is, is that I think he and I are going to connect. Or maybe we're connecting right now.
0: I think you are connecting right now. That's the feeling right. that I got, that you're so, you're planning your suicide. Yeah. So, and you are at peace with it. So I've I've been through loved ones uh, leaving by their own hand, and it all seemed <clears throat> quite sudden and wretched, and I hadn't processed the meaning of it and, you know, blah, blah. So it was very difficult times in my life. But you... Are thinking about it in a rational um, pragmatic way that that would add a very interesting level. And I don't want to get into that any more than you want to. Do you want to stay with that topic or do you want to?
1: we can look at it a little bit because I think it'll be useful every everything that we do should be useful to somebody, right? Yeah, so I think it's useful. It's for people to know that everything for me is proactive. I've geared my life that for, you know, that that's basically where I come from. And I've been doing that for years. And it drives my friends crazy because they'll want to talk to me about something. And the first thing I want to do is, okay, let's do this and this and this. And they say, no, all we want to do is for you to listen. Shut up. <laughs> and so I, I've learned finally that what they need from me is not a solution. What they need from me is a friendly ear. And once I figured that out and it took years, I mean, it took until, you know, until I'm about to die for me to learn because i'm kind of a slow learner on some things
0: i think it's just <laughs> harder for men i, I yeah. think it's
1: harder for men yeah i, I, I think so we, we, you know well I'm a, I'm a can-do kind of guy right yeah fix um, it you got a problem yeah, I'm gonna fix, fix it, it. <laughs> so the the thing about what happened with david is i have a feeling that somehow or another maybe even right now as we speak i am doing something or he is with me or something is happening there that's really good because normally when, when something like that happens, I'm just I'm just worried sick that they're caught between worlds and that they're unhappy. And I can't stand the idea of my friends being unhappy. So what's happening here is if David is unhappy, I suspect that he's listening to me. That he's paying attention because he knew I'm pretty sure he knew that I was dying before he committed suicide. So he knows that I'm, I'm, I'm you know one foot in each world. And maybe maybe he's you know, maybe he is not simply one of those people that get lost. Maybe he is we're, we're, we're kind of in this together. However, that's going to work, and I'm totally talking out my butt because <laughs> I, I don't know the rules. <clears throat> but I can only go with my instincts and my instincts right now and my reactions. <clears throat> As you notice, Donna, I am I'm not a mess. And I love, not loved, I love David very much. So for me to be able to be this calm and this peaceful is, well, I, I I told him as soon as I found it, I said, I'm going to do my best to bring you joy because maybe that's what you were missing. Maybe maybe that's happening. And, and if that's the case, I'm going, woohoo, you know, thank you, the powers that be, for allowing this to happen, if indeed it is.
0: I, um, I I think, so a few things come to mind as you, as you say that, that, uh, what a peaceful, I, I do believe, you know, what is it? The, um, uh, um, oh my gosh, words, words are evading me. The Nobel, um, Peace Prize recently went to, uh, two doctors who, Um, proved non-local interconnectivity, quantum physics. I'm so sorry. That took me forever to get out. Okay, so basically in proving that, they proved that we're all connected and there is no time. So if we offer, or at least it's the precursor to proving that for most people, it did prove it for quantum uh, physicists. So... If we spend time healing a situation that was in our past, we are actually healing that situation in its present. so i I do believe that you thinking about your friend and you being at peace, particularly in your particular point in um your life's evolution, then I absolutely believe you you are bringing peace to him as well.
1: Well, it could be he's bringing me peace. And same, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean I'm, the, the thing is, I th- I th- I'm benefiting tremendously from this, you know. And so, David, if that's you, mm-hmm. thank you. You know, I'm, I know he's my brother. Yeah. So I would not doubt that if he could, that would be what he would be doing.
0: That's beautiful. And... And suicide has, has uh, definitely has a bad rep and I don't want to say that I'm, uh, you know, advocating for it, but (laughs) yeah, I, I, I I have, I think it's very rare that we heard someone say, and I'm at peace with that. And I have no idea what your friend's circumstances are, and we're definitely not going to get into that, but um, the fact that what he is leaving not leaving behind what he is passing forward is positive for you and that's
1: good i've had enough experiences that i know my reactions tend to reflect the world around me as everybody's do you know we react to the world around us and my reaction to him right now is is peaceful it's it's i've never had this happen the other friends that committed suicide, I was all upset because okay, I'm gonna find them, I'm gonna make sure they're all right. But David, it's, it's it's a different thing. I'm still gonna go looking for them. But I'm gonna start this now. And I suppose I'll be able to see the results of it when, when I do go. That you know, that, that I'll say, okay, this, you know, this is what was going on. Because I'm not sure that I'll be privy to that. You know, there's, there's there's only so much that we can, in my opinion, that that we can go beyond the veil. Mm. Mm.
0: Can you expound on that a little further?
1: Okay, there are very few people that I trust when they say that they can talk to the dead. I think most of them are fantasizing. The only ones that I trust 100% or since 100%, the only ones that I really give credence to are uh Theravada Buddhist monks like those from um Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand. They have rituals for the dead where they contact the dead, and the dead contact them back. From what I understand, and these, these monks, they've dedicated their lives to meditation, so they've been going inward for years and years and years and years. So they're basically professionals of dealing with worlds. And I trust that. I, I trust their discipline. I don't, I don't think they're faking it, you know, that, that the schools they go to, that the monasteries, that, that put them through this rigor you know very rigorous training that it bears fruit that that there's actually result from it that allows them to trans to trans um, transpose worlds is that right is that a way of putting it trans- to transposes to change okay okay that, that's the wrong word to um... then to, to to transition between mm-hmm. to and 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 I think they'd be the first ones to tell me that that they also don't you know control the actions and they just kind of put themselves out there and what comes comes right what messages they get are messages they get that they don't have a whole lot of control over it they're just they just act as vehicles by which this can happen and i i, I, I have very little doubt that they do mm-hmm. but most, most of most the rest of them and i've heard people say oh i'm a channeler and the person you know is fairly wealthy they tend to be howly <laughs> they tend to um talk about their training. And the and and I I I'm really I'm polite, but I think wealth can be an impediment. And if you think that buying a training session with some with 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 a guru or a spiritual person is going to get you there, without taking your butt to a monastery and undergoing the rigors, not doing it in an air conditioned you know thing, you know ashram, um, once a month. And then getting a certification, oh, now you can do this. I really am critical of that. So but the the viewers who are listening to me, if you really feel like you have that gift and you're wealthy and you went to that ashram once a month and got that training, please (laughs) forgive me if I'm insensitive, but I am a doubter.
0: Mm.
1: And I do believe in cultural context. And unless you are in the middle of that, that you learn the language, that you go see them, that you live with whatever the conditions are, right? And that that you are getting, I don't think you're getting the real thing, really.
0: Oh, it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of oh, a needle Yes. than for, what is it, a wealthy, a rich man to enter to the kingdom heaven. of heaven.
1: Yeah, exactly. But with God, all things are possible. So I've got to remember that second part. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so, so yeah. <laughs> I, but I, I tend to be with the, cam- the camel going through an eye of a needle kind of thing. I'm yeah. I'm that kind of guy. Because I'm I'm a skeptic, right? Now, if somebody who went through all that said, "Okay, watch this," and they showed me, I'd go, "Well, shit." Okay, I'm gonna back up. You know, you were correct. So, you know, yeah, proofs in the pudding, right? You 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 show me, cool.
0: Yeah, I do. I uh, I think that people who were <clears throat> born into a certain level of wealth and comfort, which you know we all were born into a certain level of wealth and comfort. Yeah. Um, we never hungered or didn't have shoes or, you know, um, uh, it, it, uh, it puts you in a different place that I makes, adds more material uh, um, focus. Sorry, my brain fog is getting to me. It adds more, those physical attachments to what we have always had create a barrier that doesn't exist with people who have experienced time without.
1: Yeah. I mean, you feel like yeah. you can buy it. Oh, I, I want to become enlightened. I'll pay for it. Yeah. The whole problem with indulgences in the church and indulgences were, was a way of buying your way into heaven. And so rich, rich people would like, you know, pay for these fabulous cathedrals because they thought that would buy them and their loved ones into heaven. And they you no know, you know, problem solved. Right. And I would go, negative (laughs) it's not that simple so
0: so okay so this is leading me to a to a different conversation that actually we talked about in the last episode but i want to make sure we wrap up your your thoughts about just for now and we can revisit this about uh your friend who took his own life this conversation moved forward to this point because you feel like um, you're you, in this state in your life, you are uh, uh, able to understand, um, not mediumship necessarily, if that's a word, but you, you feel like you're able to better understand a connection that you may have to him in this current tense first of all
1: because we had an emotional and spiritual and to a degree physical connection because as lifeguards you know our bodies are basically dependent upon the other guy's body to rescue me in case i go out there and i get in trouble so he's got to put his butt on the line to make sure and we know this we are aware of this the whole time when when we're lifeguarding david and i had that kind of relationship so uh the in terms of possessions i possessed him and he possessed me in a way that allows us kind of a, a connection that I suspect goes beyond just this mortal world, that it's something earned, right? There's not something we bought. Because when, when you're lifeguarding Myrtle Beach at the time we were there, you're living, you're not always living with a whole lot of money, right? And, you, yeah. and you're living like five guys to an apartment, three guys to a bed. So, but it was, it was fun. We were, you know, we were having a blast. We, we would part, we'd party way too much, but we'd watch each other's back when we were on the beach. So um, that kind of connection stays with you. And so well, I suspect that, I'm sorry.
0: I, I just said, wow, I'm thinking that lifeguard connection is really, cause that was a long time ago.
1: Yeah. And so it, it, it never goes away. It, it's like Marine Corps training. It doesn't go away.
0: I have friends from Summerstock Theater, very similar situations yep. where we just made peanuts. And when on when you go on stage, everybody's got to have everybody's butts because mm-hmm. you never know. I had a mouse run up my leg during a <laughs> scene one time. Um, can can we shift gears a little bit to talk to talk about that? What you leave forward? Did I leave you without letting you finish a thought?
1: Because what we've done is we've gone from material objects to emotional objects, which is a natural progression, right? What you leave forward, every, every object that you own, you are going to lose. So you have the choice to proactively send that object to the person you think will appreciate it. The problem is so many people are so possessive, they can't. They say, I'm not giving this up. Yeah. You know, this it's like this Lazarus at the gate of the rich man for the people that know this biblical story. Lazarus was a poor man. He was so poor, in fact, that he had sores all over his body and he was begging at the gate of a party. And and dogs were licking at his sores. Rich man's in there partying, living, living large and not giving a damn about Lazarus outside of his gate. Lazarus dies. The rich man dies the same night. Lazarus ends up being in the bosom of Abraham. In other words, he's in heaven. The rich man is in the depths of hell. The rich man acts, if I remember the story correctly, the rich man asked Lazarus, could you please give me something cool to drink? And Lazarus, and I think Lazarus or Abraham says, um, I'm sorry, son, you know, that's not permissible. You, you basically set yourself up. So all that wealth that he was hoarding and not sharing, in this case, it's extreme, you know, he's not sharing it with the poor, but all the wealth that we have that we're not sharing with the people we love, Or included in that, maybe to a lesser degree, because maybe not quite so judgmental and harsh, but it's the same principle,
0: Mm.
1: right? You have a choice. And so I would tell people, start making arrangements for the objects that you love that contain you so that they go to people that you love. Because there's power in that. And you want to give those people that power. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, I, I had a conversation with a friend who's a painter. And I... I guess I was having a bad day because I remember saying, you know, I came to Hawaii to work with this theater that was needed help. Mm-hmm. And I was able to help them turn things around. So the theater's thriving now, but 20, 50, hundred years from now, no one is ever going to look at that theater and say, yeah, Donna Blanchard had something to do with this. And he said, and I will never forgive him for this. He said, I have paintings in houses hanging all over the country. So I don't have to worry about that. My name will, my
1: legacy will go on. You know, he's a dumbass. I know, I'm sorry. But I'm sorry it, he's a dumbass. Let me explain d- why.
0: I hate if okay. you knew him, you wouldn't have to explain. But go ahead. <laughs> okay,
1: um, he actually thinks people are going to give a damn who actually painted that, except for what wealth it's going to give them or the reputation. They don't care about him. Great. This has, his paintings have nothing to do with him. He's he's living in an illusion that somehow that's going to be a legacy and the way that's going to you know provide him immortality. Uh, the son, rethink th- it.
0: Not going to work. Yeah. And it was a, yeah, it was a terrible thing, especially to say to someone who clearly had just been having a bad day, but this is not a direct (laughs) result of that, but I do think about it vis-a-vis that I currently, I, I gather up old sheets and shower curtains and material from Salvation Mm -hmm. Army and donations that I get. And I make, I crochet rugs out of them and I have rugs in my home and I give these rugs to my friends and I know that it's not impersonal they know that my friend Donna made this rug and I have rugs I'm very proud of in my home here that my sisters made for me what it apparently is in our DNA that we crochet rugs that's something very different that you're, as we talked about in the last episode, your mana goes into your energy and you are giving someone something that is useful to them and something that is simply beautiful is also useful if that's the direction that you're going in. And that's what, after we recorded the last episode, I was just thinking about that, that those things that we pay forward in our lives Um, and are of us, and how precious that is.
1: Well, the feathered cloak of Kalani Opu'u was put together by people specifically with him in mind, Mm. people that considered him to be divine, and that their work was to increase his divinity. There was that connection. Their mana was connected to him, and they considered it an honor. When he wore it and he gave it to um, Captain Cook, that was very personal, right? So if your painter friend had sold this you know make your profit because you work, you're know, that that's your job to people who loved him. that's a different thing than a transaction where they just wanted they, they wanted his mana to make wealth for themselves. That's not the same thing as you with your with the rugs, right? So um, when I call him a dumbass, that's kind of harsh. Forgive me then if he's listening um, <laughs> let me let me recontextualize that you know he might want to rethink what what kind of legacy he is actually leaving i'll leave it at that
0: yeah i i think his legacy was more like pissing and putting your name in the snow for Uh, those of us for those people who grew up around it yeah then you you carve your initials in the snow with your stream Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and or the uh, middle of the
1: road when you're drunk with other lifeguards yeah
0: yeah uh mickey we gotta wrap up We were kind of, uh, we covered a lot of territory here. I really always appreciate our conversations. Thank you so much. No problem. Aloha. Aloha. I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member.
1: Music generously donated by Kainani Kahanaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale.
0: We're all here to support our friend, Mickey, and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.